Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Mickey Mouse peed on a house. What color was it? Yellow. Y-E-L-L-O-W. I'm out. You're out because you're the only person here. Not again. Uh, to those who don't know what that is, because apparently Christine didn't, it was like a little, uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo game growing yeah. up. To a way to bully the German kids out of your circle. Right, right, right. How do you say mouse in German? Mouse. Oh, well. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Peed on a horse. Also, same word. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Welcome to our children's learning episode. Love it. How are you? Listen, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I uh, am coming down from the birthday high. I know, right? Isn't it tough? It is. Uh, 27 was a rough one for me, mentally. It's still birthday month. I mean, it's birthday month. I'm still demanding things and saying it's my birthday, <laughs> but I'm like aware that the full like week where everyone else was at 100% with right, me right. is over. Like Allison just wishes I would stop saying it's my birthday. Now we have to maintain it ourselves. Exactly. How like, unfortunate. Now I like... I'll, I'll probably go to Outback tonight and eat a steak, and I'll be like, oh, well, it's my birthday. I deserve it. Beautiful. But, like, no one else would, would agree with me, probably. Me, I would. Okay, you want to go get steak later? Mm, I don't eat steak, but... You want to watch me eat steak later? Sure. It's my birthday, so... Is it? Yeah. Weird, it's mine, too. Crazy! Oh, my gosh. Well, I did want to mention real quick, because I forgot to mention it last week, and I felt like a big old jerk. Um, so I talked a lot about, like, my birthday and how fun it was, and I forgot to mention, like, that actually on my birthday, my wonderful husband did some <laughs> wonderful things for me that I just didn't mention, and then I think I just... Let's talk about it. ...felt sad and made him feel bad. Oh, Um, probably not. He's probably like, I don't care, but <laughs> I do. I just want to say that Blaze gave me an awesome birthday, and he took me to a dog exhibit and at the museum, and then took me for sushi, and then gave me... He adopted an elephant for me. You got a lot of elephants this birthday. I, I know. and A lot of elephant things happening. And her name is Narubu, and she's... Just a doll? The sweetest little baby. Aww. And she's so sweet, and she's... Aww. And she's two years old. Oh, baby! And they found her, and she was abandoned. <gasps> and they found her, and they, uh... Where is it? Namubu, Narubu. That's right. What does Narubu mean? I don't know. That's a oh. good question. I don't know if it meant, like, found... Uh, but I... it came with like, and then every month I get watercolors, like hand painted watercolors of her. And Stop it. there's a whole story on how she made friends and she was really scared of all the other elephants. And then one of them reached through the bars and like wrapped its little trunk around her trunk and then like helped 
make her brave enough to go to the mud bath. Wait, can I be? Can I adopt that one? Isn't it the sweetest thing you've ever that heard? That's the sweetest. Anyway, so Blaze did that for me, and it like made me cry a lot. So I wanted to say thank you and tell me about this dog exhibit. You. Oh, the dog exhibit was cool. It was at the Science California Science Center. What was your favorite part of it? There was a dog there. There it is. And she was really sweet. Her name's Lily. And then I posted about her because she was up for adoption. And then I looked the next day and it was like, she's on the list for euthanasia. And I freaked the fuck out. And um, then she was adopted the next day. So Yay! I was very happy. Anyway, so that's that's the thing I just wanted to mention. And that I was very thankful for a lovely day that my husband gave me that I just ignored. So anyway. Uh, Allison took me to San Francisco this weekend so for my birthday. Yeah. And that was a pretty great time. If anyone followed me on Instagram and saw the million videos I posted. Blaze and I watched all of them. (laughs) I I was surprised at how many people actually viewed them. Because I usually, if you see like a million things Uh in someone's story, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Right, right, right. But so many people watched the whole thing. It was also entertaining to click through because the videos were so like wildly different. Right. (laughs) Uh, We did a really, probably the coolest version of Putt-Putt I'll ever do in my life. I am very jealous of that. Uh, It happened to be 21 and older, which was useful for... Allison, although I don't think she actually drank anything. It could have been useful. Would have been useful for you. Mistake. Uh but it was uh what are they called? Like gold Rube Goldberg machines oh, or something. Cool. So every single time you hit a ball, it like it turned into like this huge mousetrap extravaganza of it things was happening. Crazy. It was very fun. It and was I, crazy. And it was all black light, so everything kind of glowed and M loves black light. Love like, a good black glow light. Glow in the dark. Um so that was fun. We went to drag brunch and hung out and uh i my big thing was i wanted to go to hate Ashbury, so we did that fun during pride right yeah and we went to castro which is the gay district yeah. so we had a lot of fun there for pride month Aww, a lot of rainbows a lot of rainbows but yeah and i was i was very impressed with san francisco's uh amount of trans flags on display oh cool there was i was surprised they actually i guess if anywhere that's the place yeah, they had a lot of uh, different flags. They had like gender queer flags. They had bisexual flags. They had cool. pansexual flags. They were very inclusive. I was expecting just like rainbow flags everywhere, but they had one for everyone. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really fun. Anyway, it's very colorful. Very colorful. <laughs> um, neat. Well, also I wanted to add a lot of people um got a kick out of the cake. I posted it on my Instagram. Yeah, a lot of people were like, Christine, what did you do? And I was like, I already told you what I did. Right. A lot of people acted surprised, even though we gave them full warning. <laughs> I tried to warn you. It's kind of weird. They're and like, what happened? We posted a picture of you and Brie uh, on the Instagram. On the baby cake Podcast Instagram. So yeah, anyway, it's been a trip for the last week. People have been uh, catching up on all that shit. Um, I found out that Christine actually got two Brie Larson cutouts. So I'm by accident, not on purpose. Kind of hoping I get the second one. I was like, I'll take it. And I was like, yeah, I, was like, I know you'll take it. There are four corners of a room and two Brie Larsons. That means there's still room for two more. That's true. Listen, I'm Listen, on it. There's one on the couch, one in the bed. Love it. Do you still have ice cream cake, by the way? Yes. Yes. I want to eat the shit not out of that Not much, later. but it's there. <laughs> I realized as soon as I left, I was like, we left, I left so much cake. I was wondering... Yeah. I thought about it the whole time I was in San Francisco. I thought maybe. I was like, so much cake. I thought I maybe. left it neglected. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? I don't know. I don't know. I keep feeling like I'm about to say something and then I forget. Do you have a reason why you drink? Um, yes. Yes, I do. Oh, my. What's that? I am getting a colonoscopy next week. Oh, yikes. And Is I'm... this your first? No. Okay. <laughs> well, Is this my first? At least you're prepared. No, my digestive oh. tract has been fizzed for a long time. 
it's at least you're more prepared than I would be. Yeah, the last one I had was in 2011, so it was eight years ago. Is it as miserable as I imagine it is? The prep before it is miserable because for 24 hours you can only eat like Jello, which is my least favorite food in the world. Yikes! And water and broth. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna be a cranky little brat. Let's not record that day. Let's not. Actually, <laughs> let's. No, let's not. Let's not. Wait, uh, that's when I'm out of town, right? It is literally the day you leave is the day my prep starts. So you yeah, made a very good decision. <laughs> you made a very good decision. I am traveling with my mother. We decided that we're going to do a little parent-child date. That's so fun. Um, we haven't totally landed on uh, a location yet. Um, there was a long period of time where we considered Canada and then we considered different parts of the states and my mom at one point was like oh well we should meet in a middle spot and then suggested like the state next to virginia so she really wouldn't have to travel <laughs> I but love i that. would I um, love it. just trust me it's really close to like, both no, no, of no. us let's go to baltimore you've never been there oh my yeah, god i have <laughs> i swear to god that woman suggested dc like i didn't go there every DC, weekend growing like up. you don't live there god um but yeah so we tried we were thinking about like chicago or cool um That'd be fun now that it's nice and warm out finally yeah so we don't know where we just know that we're gonna go so i guess and it's very last minute so no matter where i go the tickets this are gonna really, be expensive. really last minute yeah yeah she just decided like i'm not doing anything that weekend let's do something well that'll be fun yeah. you're like christine's going to get a procedure done please get like, me out of here thank you for knowing the exact day i thank should not you. be in california well speaking of traveling we posted our last show for sale um oh hope, yeah i don't know if it's sold out by the time this comes out but we are going to atlanta is our last show Yes. Ever this year that we're announcing. So So if you haven't gotten tickets yet, go get them. And that really is it. We're not surprising you with anything else. We're not. Like, I know. <laughs> Unless it, we're surprising ourselves, which I don't plan on doing. We do seem like people who would like kind of do <laughs> yeah. a pop-up show, but we're not. We're not. Um, we have some other stuff we're working on. So we've got our two Salt Lake cities. We've got our, our New Orleans uh-huh. and we've got our Atlanta and that's it. Yay. Um, and then 2020. Mm. We'll be torn again. We'll see what happens next year. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, you didn't ask me why I drink. Why do you drink, Em? Well, I found out that on my actual birthday, when you and I, uh, we had a meeting and then we went to get lunch. Yeah. And I never said this either, but Christine surprised me on my birthday. Oh, God. By very, In a parking garage. Very weirdly f- having me follow her into a parking garage. <laughs> I did do that. Oh, she no. was like, just follow me. Oh, Don't no. ask questions. Just follow me. And then she attacked me with silly string. Like and then a, like the Em screamed and two people like <laughs> turned around to see what, like if I was stabbing someone. And uh, she had a one lone birthday hat, a happy birthday cap, yeah, which I got to wear in public. And a lot of strangers told me happy birthday. That's true. Um, in like Beverly Hills, too. So, well, you also got me this basket of basket of like um, chocolate covered strawberries, a.k.a. my favorite snack. <laughs> they were gone by that day. Oh, good. But you also got me this chocolate cupcake that uh, I didn't realize that I had left it in my car no, overnight. Em, oh, no. And that was also the beginning of like this really weird heat sh- phase yes, that we're going it's through bad so i didn't remember it until the next day when i looked in the back of my car and i was like what is this mess and apparently oh, the, um, the cupcake had a lot of blue frosting and in the heat it all reduced down to just blue oil like bright blue oh, um, oil and the entire back seat of my car oh no is like a a bloodbath like if someone just got torn to pieces in the back of my car but had blue blood it was a smurf it was a smurf massacre yeah it really was the my seats are probably I almost not... got you a red cupcake too oh that would have been so much worse yeah but i mean i'll figure it out but i did see it and i was like well there's there's nothing i can do about this and it happened surprisingly on my birthday 
was also the last day uh, was my final car payment. So it was like, oh, you well, paid your car off. I paid my car off. And also now the whole backseat is entirely bright blue. Oh, my God. Well, the only and person there's cloth. Over... It's not leather. Like it's seeped in there. The I don't know if it's coming out. Back, there's me when you drag me to random places. Well, so. wear white pants next I time. I will. I probably will. <laughs> like n- knowing me, I probably accidentally will. So anyway, one of the things on my to do list is to go in there with a knife and just like scrape it all off. Oh, and good. See what I can do. So one of the things on my to do list is, wow, I just fucked up another cake. So <laughs> I need to really get it correct next year yeah yeah man i cannot get a break man i'm so sorry i'm ruining your whole birthday it's fine um before we go before we go bye (laughs) um before we get tell our stories you were on an episode of another show this week i was so our uh buddy lisa lampanelli uh had our buddy that's one way to put it our buddy your aunt our good pal your aunt (laughs) uh she has a podcast that just came out called let lisa help and it's so far really good. I really, really like it. Um, she has one that's out with Josh Peck so far. And basically she just has different people on. They talk about their demons if they have any. And mm-hmm. we let Lisa help. We love demons, by the way. And oh, we do, actually. Yeah. It was a it was a nice little tie-in. Worked well. But uh, yeah, I was on the an episode. I talked about some of my personal crises. So if you want to go listen to that, by all means. <laughs> if you want to hear us complain more. It's like, I don't know if there's anything left <laughs> to the imagination in my life but by all means uh take a listen it's called let lisa help let lisa help i'm gonna be on an episode but i think it's not coming out for a while so i don't know mine was better so that's why i got on first it probably was i don't know what did you talk about on yours um maybe you should wait and see oh i see what happened there i she was like don't prepare anything and then i just that's what she told me too she was like we're just gonna talk and we're i'm just gonna get it out of you so well she was like i have something we're talking about you are not allowed to pick something we're talking about oh i have something prepared and i was like "Uh oh oh my and she did and she called me out about something Uh-oh. that hurt. I did that hurt her feelings. So th- no it was way. a wild time. It was very fun. Like we had a blast. It, it worked out well. But I will tell you, that's that's the only teaser I will give. But I'm not on that's it. That's a little but... dramatic. Like that's that's the drama that would be in a trailer anyway. Yeah, there you go. See cliffhanger. I want to go listen Who's now. To say? I want to know what happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Anyway, family drums. All right. All right. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. Oh, P.S. It's uh, officially summer is in full swing in L.A. It is bananagrams fucking hot. Yeah, you're not going to stop hearing about this for the next couple episodes. Probably. I mean, how many? It happens every year. At least 12 episodes because that's three months, right? Right. Yeah. For the next 12 episodes, we're just going to be complaining about this fucking heat. from now on. Until we hit like episode 140, just don't listen to us anymore. Just stop listening. It's so fucking hot. And it just it truly overnight, like it went from being kind of cool all the time to just hell well christine's house doesn't have ac so that's good too yeah that i that i'm aware of that m has been aware of since the second i moved in yeah i was like oh where's the ac and you were like what are you talking about and i was like i'm never coming back and then here you are and then you were like <laughs> we have a job to do and i was like fuck <laughs> meanwhile my apartment my uh power bill is about to get ex- exceedingly large <laughs> because i refuse whether or not i'm there to keep the ac on at all times so when i walk in it feels like an ice box yes the other day our room was 96 degrees and it was time for bed and time so, for bed time to die time to die in my coffin and so i bought um like in the middle of the night i purchased a an air a window unit an ac window unit because i was like i'm not doing this anymore so we're installing it on friday oh my when I, uh, oh my when i worked at the uh, prop house one of the things that i like bought a lot of before i i quit 
was I bought a bunch of spray Evian bottles. Oh, because yeah. Because a lot of actors have that on set. And it, first of all, it sounds really bougie to be like, oh, my spray bottle of Evian water. <laughs> but there are multiple actual prop uses for it. So, like, you can put a fake label on it and all of a sudden it's like sunscreen oh, sure. or bug spray. That way, like, if you have to take 10 takes, someone isn't actually having to, like, fumigate themselves. I know, but I love that the brand is Evian. It's not like, it oh, literally is Dasani Evian. made water. It's like, no, Evian And made it looks one. like an Evian bottle too it's It's like very chic but then you put like al's bug spray label on it and it looks really trash all of a sudden my freaking god but anyway if you see anyone ever spraying something on themselves on tv it's just evian water but it's just it's just the best luxury water just glacial water jesus but i bought like seven of them because i knew the summer was coming and oh uh, you knew summer was coming and i had my for you thank you i'm really good at weather i know and I had uh, my employee discount still, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the shit out of the spray water. And so now at night, if the AC is, like, being kind of wonky, I'll just, like, spray myself down and just, like... Oh, my God. Allow myself to soak into my Evian. It's very nice. Oh, God, you're a psychopath. I'm a little Linda. Oh, you are a little Linda. Anyway. Meanwhile, I'm a Renata, and I'm like, it's 95 degrees. Let's see what we can do. Let's trap ourselves in this... <laughs> Meanwhile, it's 95. It's not even that bad. box. Oh, I refuse. Anyway, here we go. That's that on that. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Let's do it. So this is, um, I I feel like there are a lot of people out there who are just desperate for a ghost story, but you're not going to get one. Ha 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 ha. I've been waiting too. You'll get one next week, I promise. I'm very aware of the very few amount of ghost stories I've been doing recently, so I'm I'm aware before people start tweeting at me. So, um, but just to close out this like weird little series that I have slowly man made. Love an alien. Last week I discussed the AATIP. Yes, A tip. Double A double A tip. Yes. Before that, I talked about the UFO Navy pilots from the 2014 experience. Yep. And the way that I ended it last time. I don't remember how I ended it, but it, it landed somewhere on one of the other stories that was released um, was the story of the USS Nimitz incident slash the Tic Tac UFO. OK, yes, I do remember this. So uh, I did say if there was enough information, I would try to cover this. 
And I really didn't know at the time, so I didn't mean to give you a cliffhanger there, but I did find enough information and I will be telling you all about the Tic Tac UFO today. Yay! Also, oh my God, Christine, it's so hot. I need some spray Evian right now. Are you serious? It is not that hot in here. It is baking hot. I had the AC, this AC unit on for like two hours before you got here. Well, it has dried up. I'll tell you that. Also, even if you're not an alien person, you have to listen because the story that I picked too for later is... Related? No. Oh. But it's like the biggest story I've covered in a very <gasps> long time. So I don't want people to like peace. Oh. Yet. Okay. Worst case scenario, fast forward through my... No, egg. don't do that. Listen to it. It's very interesting. Whatever you do, listen to Christine's. No. <laughs> I and just remember after Peggy the Doll and I was doing Zodiac that day and so many people didn't listen to it. Oh. Remember? I see. I see. Because they were like, well, I don't want to hear that. And I was like, well... <laughs> I do a really good job of making people not interested in your stories. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, okay. So here's a story of the Tic Tac UFO, more prominently known as the Nimitz UFO incident. Nimitz is N-I-M-I-T-S. I-T-Z. Sorry. I feel like I've heard that name before. Maybe. I feel like I have. I don't know why. Well, you're about to know a whole lot about it. I'm amped. So we uh, start in November 2004. Cool. I was a hot 12 years old. You were only 12? Yeah. An 04? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. How old was I? 13? <laughs> Plus one, oh, Christine. God. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, so it was 2004, November. This was about 100 miles from San Diego, closer to Catalina Island. And our main characters are fighter pilots from the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group. Okay. In the Navy. In uh, the Navy. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Sing the rest. That's that DD. We used to play that on DDR. Did you? Yeah. Job well done. Thank you. I was very bad at it. Oh, well, I've never even played DDR. You haven't? Well, okay. I'm very aware of what it is and all my friends are obsessed with it, but I tried one time and I have this thing where if I'm bad at it, I'm like afraid to like keep trying. I, it's a really horrible quality, but I mean, I think that's pretty normal. I sucked at it one time when I was 12 and I was just humiliated. I mean, so I never fair, tried again. I never did it in front of friends i only did it with my brother but oh, okay yeah i had a like a ddr home version where like you like plugged it into your xbox That's and what you we could had do, yeah and uh my friends would come over and use it and i would just like sit there and eat popcorn. <laughs> i was like i oh hope my you're having God, fun Ev. okay so uh <laughs> uh bu -bu box. we loved that thing it was a good time it was fun xbox in general was a good i had the original we and, did too. And it just died only two years ago. It really held out. My brother still has ours here. It's a good time. Anyway. Uh, so this was November 2004, but a couple weeks earlier, so late October-ish, the USS Princeton, it's a different vessel. Mm -hmm. The USS Princeton is both a nuclear-powered carrier and a missile cruiser. Fun fact for okay. people who will retain that information. Um, I won't. <laughs> me, um, me neither <laughs> uh so it's the uss princeton is like the main <clears throat> carrier that we're going to be talking about okay so a couple weeks before november 2004 the uss princeton was already tracking mysterious aircraft <gasps> and then uh halfway through november probably around starting in november 10th the uss princeton was now uh on this day just happened to be conducting drill exercises and uh, Chief Petty Officer Kevin Day, um, who I'm going to call Kev, obviously Chief Kev, he was stationed on the USS Princeton on this day, and he was the first to notice that there were odd radar traces of several flying objects. Uh -oh. So he was looking at the radar being like, what the fuck are these things? We do not recognize them. They happen to be traveling south in a loose but fixed formation. <laughs> 
and they were moving at only 100 knots, which apparently is around 120 miles per hour, which essentially, I guess, in air world, an air travel world. You know, air world. It's, it's like sea world, but less fun. <laughs> like, but birds instead of penguins. <laughs> okay. Well, penguins are still fucking birds. Uh, I I'm love that line. My mouth. Birds instead of penguins. You know how it is. <laughs> Someone's going to put that on a shirt. I'm going to look on Etsy one day and that's going to be a sticker. Um, I was going to say M. Schultz. Yep. The inimitable M. Schultz. <laughs> the bird that's a penguin, but, but also not really a bird, but a penguin. Ignoramus of Nevada. Ig- that's the one. Oh, what did I do? Okay, we good, we good. We good, you. You sure? No. No? What's yes, the little we chunk? Good. You're, I don't know. You're lying. Do you want to <laughs> play it back? I, I think I highlighted something. Do you want to play it back real quick? Make sure everything's there? No, because, yeah, I just highlighted it. Okay. I don't want to pause it because then it'll restart the track. Got it, got it, got it. It's good. It's we'll good. find out, won't we? Maybe I just, maybe no one found out about that penguin thing. Maybe that was the exact moment the audio got deleted. The the universe was like this. You've gone too far. Even God was like, take it out, <laughs> take it out. So these UFOs were uh, loosely traveling in a in a formation, moving at 100 knots, aka 120 miles an hour, which apparently to them was actually pretty slow. To me, 120 miles is really fast, but in the air, it's really slow. It's essentially just hovering. Sure. Um, so. Officer Day, Kev, Kev, he didn't know if he was the only one seeing this, but their presence was confirmed by other radar operations nearby. So he was like, okay, people are seeing this. I don't know what's going on. And we, it's not part of our project. We don't mm. know what this is. And then the pro- the objects began showing themselves very frequently that entire week. So s- upwards of seeing a hundred different reports of these things. Just by by other people too. By other people okay. too. People were. It was especially it wasn't just Kev. It wasn't just Kev. However, his screen did show well over a hundred um, UFOs. I guess if you will. That freaks me out because they they can probably control when you see them or not. So like they were making oh. themselves known. Moving on. Yeah. Oh, you're on something. sorry. <laughs> you're on. The... <laughs> I'm sorry. So, oh, is that Geo having something to say about the UFOs? Uh, what else is new? Also, uh, keep in mind, UFOs is the stigmatized word nowadays. Right, right, right. And UFOs does not necessarily mean an alien spacecraft. It sure. literally means unidentified flying object. Although the Much government... like alien means just like right. foreign to us. Exactly. Okay, got it. So the government also likes to use the word AUP for unidentified aerial phenomenon. And they oh. also, apparently, the Navy prefers the phrase AAV for anomalous aerial vehicle. Jeez, they just can't so make up their minds. Basically, if you hear me use an acronym, it's a, a UFO anonymous nope what was it and <laughs> anomalous anomalous aerial vehicle oh my god okay so kev kev he uh they're seeing these things frequently that week there's regular observations being made daily for the next few days and his screen specifically was able to see well over 100 aavs over the course of the week he did later say in like this year because he's still giving interviews about this stuff wow um, so for 15 years, he did say that even though they saw well over 100, that could mean that they saw like the same five 20 times or they oh, could see the same 10 things. I didn't 10 think times. about that. Okay. So a lot of people think 100 individual ones. But since they were showing up randomly on multiple days, sure. it could have been the same thing. And who knows how they move and stuff like that. Right. OK, cool. So I like to think of it as 100 single AAVs. Me too. Um, He did say because remember, like two weeks ago, I brought up that the. 2014 UFO Navy pilot alien 
scenario that was all featured on the history channel yeah and it had like just come out that week right right so oh, yeah. this story was also featured on the history channel i gotta get some steal someone's cable i know <laughs> <laughs> and uh so kev ended up talking about these aevs that he saw and he said watching them on the display was like watching snow fall from the sky whoa that's how many there were Jeez. so again i like to think a hundred single times that's very scary these AAVs slash UAPs slash UFOs were reaching heights uh, throughout the week up to 80,000 feet, which is much higher than any aircraft usually flies, military or commercial. Oh. And then they would drop with, quote, astounding speed. I don't like that. So they were able to get really high up and just hover around, do whatever they fucking wanted, just chillaxing. Right. And then they could just like, bloop, just drop. Like a drop zone, but... Exactly. It's more scarier, much scarier. So the USS Princeton's radar team thought that it must be an equipment malfunction, but they ran all these diagnostics. They actually even spent a couple of days and just shut down all the radars just to oh like, God. just to fix and like reset or something. Yeah, like recalibrate wow. all the equipment, but nothing was wrong with the equipment. It was perfectly fine. So they knew that what they were seeing was really there. Oh God. And uh, Kev, he talked to his commander about actually taking action on these things and tracking them and trying to intercept them and figure out what they are. So a few days later, they saw an AAV again, and Kev contacted two fighter jets that were in the area that were part of the USS Nimitz. Okay. Apparently, these were two Super Hornet fighter jets. I don't know if that matters to people who were involved. It matters to me very much. Cool. Um, so they were flying nearby. Kev reached out to them. And uh, basically, these two fighter jets were in the middle of practicing their own combat exercises. Oh, that's casual. Casual. But since, and since they were already airborne, uh, Kev reached out to them and was like, hey, we need you to stop and fly to this set of coordinates for a, quote, emergency real world task. Whoa, that is really creepy, though, that you're like just testing, doing like combat testing or whatever. And then they're like, no, no. He was like, okay, wake up, time enough, to go. Enough of this. <laughs> yeah. I hope you had a good time practicing. Yeah, quit playing around. And uh, all they were told was that they needed to intercept a strange object, and they needed to investigate to see if it... This was what they were told. That they needed to investigate to see if the object posed any collision danger mm. for an upcoming training maneuver. Oh, interesting. So they phrase it very, like, Yeah, they were like, casual. just go see if this thing is, like, going to be in our way. <laughs> we're going to hide out down here. Right. <laughs> you got Let us know if you're going to, if we could crash if we were to go up there and do something <laughs> like, later. I'm sure it'll be fine, but we're not going to go. Yeah, they were, and they really were like, we're sure it's fine. No big deal. Don't worry. It's like, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a real world task, but it's not dangerous. And then they were like, oh, by the way, just in case, are you carrying live weapons? No. And the fighter pilots weren't. They were not. Yeah. Uh-oh. So at this point, the USS Princeton is talking to these fighter jets from the USS <laughs> Nimitz, and they're like, okay, well, we're, like, we're we not going to act freaked out, but like, it would be really ideal if you had some weapons. They're like, hmm, it's not ideal. But let's just not give you any more information and hope things go okay. Holy crap. So... In each aircraft, uh, so there were two fighter, fighter jets, in each aircraft there were two people. So there was one pilot and there was one weapon systems officer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's four people in total up there flying two planes towards this thing that they don't know it's about. mystery thing. Also kind of wishing they had some weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the lead out of the two, there was one leading fighter jet. So there was a leading pilot, mm. essentially, and his name was Commander David Fravor. Fravor or Fravor? It's Favor, but with an R. Fra that sounds like Fravor. Fravor? Okay. So we're going to call him. Sure. 
And then the second uh, guy who was the wingman, he was Lieutenant Commander Jim Slate. But we're pretty much going to be talking about Fravor this whole time. Okay. So Fravor, just to give you some backstory on how like legit this guy is, because a lot of people say like, oh, well, he didn't know what he was talking about. Okay. He was a commanding officer of Strike Fighter Squadron 41. Oh, shit. And a commander of the Elite Black Aces Squadron. And he was a Top Gun program graduate with almost 20 years of flying experience. Yeah, so don't you dare yeah. fucking He'd push back. Resume. He was on Fravor. Exactly. He knew what was going on. What a baller. So when they first got to the coordinates, the pilots didn't see anything. They're uh-huh. like, okay, well, thank God we didn't have those weapons. <laughs> They're like, what a fun test, guys. <laughs> it's like, Ha-ha, that, you that got was us. scary. Got us good. Uh, but then the USS Princeton's radar noticed that the thing that they had set coordinates to had dropped uh, 28,000 feet what? to essentially sea level. Oh, my God. So it was like, oh, it's not there anymore because it's, it's at the ground. It's at the ground. And also it took 0.78 seconds Absolutely to not. drop almost 30,000 feet. So literally less than a second. Less than a second to drop 30,000 feet. Forget it. Without any signature of a sonic boom. Oh, no. I don't like that. So something just literally went... Faster than I can go, bloop, it went 30,000 feet down to the ground. What the frick? So hearing that it was by sea level and they were above the sea, (laughs) they looked down at the ocean and they saw an oval-shaped portion of water that was churning and frothing. No. Oh, my God. So the rest of the ocean that day, the weather was perfect. Apparently, it was a calm ocean that day. The water was only choppy in this one spot right below them, and the white waves were breaking over an object that must have been sitting just under the surface. So it was literally, it saw something coming for it, and it dropped and hid under the water. Oh, it's under the water. It's under Got the it. water. So, like, they're seeing choppy white waves as if, like, something's so breaking the tension of the water oh and my hovering up. God. So, seconds later, they're looking down. It's basically submerged, but it's clearly breaking the surface and hovering up again. Sure. And they're seeing the waves kind of breaking from that. Seconds later, they don't even see it come out of the water. It's just already out of the water now. What? So they're looking at it under the water, and then it's out of the water. There was no transition that they saw. They just saw, like, the white caps of water breaking, and then all of a sudden it was entirely... So they saw the object itself? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. All of a sudden, now they're seeing it just floating I don't know why I up. thought it was invisible. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just assumed it was invisible. Nothing's impossible now. <sighs> so seconds later, the UFO was no longer under the water, breaking the water surface. It was just hovering 50 feet above the water. It was like, we didn't like it down there. We tried. Yeah. It was like, mm, I don't even want to, I don't want you to see me walk through the doorway. <laughs> just know that I was on one side and now I'm on the other side. <laughs> There's all these birds down there and they don't fly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. Everyone's telling me it's the opposite of Airworld. <laughs> Airworld. So, uh, the UFO is now hovering 50 feet above the water where it was just submerged. So they watch it go from under the water to 50 feet above the water and like gross before their eyes could even process handle it. the process. Yeah. The object was apparently, quote, the size of a Boeing 737. Whoa. With a smoother area of lighter color at the center. Okay. Was one of the first descriptions that came out about it. Uh In hindsight, Fravor and Slate, both of the pilots, said that it looked like a 30 to 40 long foot, or 30 to 40 foot long tic-tac. Oh, I see. With no windshield, portholes, wings, or visible engine or exhaust plane. Just a big fucking (laughs) tic-tac. What the fuck? Just a big old freshy, minty ocean tic tac. <laughs> ocean tic tac. Uh, so, <laughs> Fravor seeing it and somehow processing, oh, I still have a job to do. 
he began to approach the object. Oh, Fravor, no. Um, and he was like, okay, I'll go under it. So he's kind of nosediving, if you will. He's like plunging to get to it because he knows this thing's dude. fast. Um, so he's approaching it and the UFO begins ascending, like floating up. Um, and it's keeping its distance and very much mirroring Fravor's approach. So uh-huh. kind of like if you're like chased, like being chased by one of your friends and you're like, you get to a table and both of you kind of yeah. like oh, I see. back yeah. and forth mirror each other. Right. Because you. It's like you can't get me. Yeah. You're trying to keep away from each other. Yeah. So he's always keeping perfect distance. Oh, God. Okay. Um, or the UFO is always keeping perfect distance from him. Yeah. And Fravor did later say that it had, quote, swift and erratic movements that he had never seen in his life. Oh, my God. Um, a quote of his is that it would go from one way to another, similar to if you threw a ping pong ball against a wall and it just bounced right into the other direction. Oh. So it's like not even taking a second to stop, recalibrate, and Got then it. drive the next. It can just move around. It's just going bing, 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 Like bing. a Roomba. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Oh, wait, I guess not quite, but... Uh, and I'm going to hear what you're saying. Thank and you. Exactly like a Roomba. Thank you. Uh, Fravor flew down to get the to get below the object, like I said, so this is where he's nosediving. Originally, he was approaching it, and it was, it kept keeping its distance and mirroring him so it can never he can never catch it. Right. And then he's like, okay, I'm just going to get under this thing, and I know it can move fast, so I'm just going to plummet. I'm just going to plunge my <sighs> entire aircraft. So as he's getting below it, the UFO accelerates upwards again, and so they almost start crossing each other because as oh. one's going down, the other one's going up, and it's it looks like they're gonna head on collision. Oh my god! But then it disappears. What? So he's nose diving into this thing as it's accelerating upwards, and then it just disappears. Holy shit! Um, he says, all of a sudden, it kind of turned and rapidly accelerated beyond anything I've seen. It crossed my nose, the air- airplane nose, not his actual fucking nose. <laughs> it was a tic-tac. It me, flew right in the window. <laughs> me at 2 a.m. was like a tic-tac in his nose. <laughs> um, me at 3 in the afternoon was like, really? A tic-tac in his nose? Uh, all of a sudden, it kind of just turned and rapidly accelerated beyond anything I've ever seen. It crossed my nose and it's gone. Oh, my God. So at the same time that he's having this interaction with the UFO, other Navy jets are now being ordered to launch out to that area to try to also intercept it. Um, and, and bring weapons this time, maybe? Well, so what they did bring this time, because apparently some radar wasn't working, and so now they also brought out infrared cameras. Oh, shit. So the second fleet of jets that are coming out have infrared cameras. Cool. One of these pilots was actually able, with the infrared camera, to capture the Tic Tac on video. Wow. And this footage became known as the 2004 USS Nimitz FLIR-1 video. Okay. FLIR is an acronym for front... Oh, shit, I don't know. Front something infrared. But it's the type of... Is it just FLR? Yeah. Okay. It's the type of equipment that they were using. But yeah, so it just became known as that video. Oh, my God. So they happen to catch the video the same time. So we're currently at Fravor is just almost head on collision with this. And then it just disappeared in a matter of seconds. Right. While on its way into hitting him. So the two jets, Fravor and Slate, they were like, okay, well, it's gone. So I guess we just go back to our combat exercises. Like we just interacted with this thing. We just carry on with our day now. They don't get the day off. (laughs) Apparently there was actually a rendezvous point where everyone was going to come together and end up talking, I guess like meeting. Did you see that shit? Sure. There was like a, a a meetup spot that was supposed to, if after they found everything, get together and talk about it. 
the meetup spot or the rendezvous point was actually 60 miles away from where Fravor was. Okay. So they, I guess, were planning on traveling 60 miles yeah. towards the rendezvous point. But in the same breath of as this UFO almost crashes into him and disappears, seconds later, the UFO appeared at the rendezvous no. point 60 miles away. Stop it. So it like Ew. teleported away from him and over to the... And it like knew to go there? It somehow knew. It also makes me question if it was like playing that weird game of back and forth and it could have just vanished like just that. Just teasing you. Yeah, like it did that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, gr- gross. Vomitous. So within seconds of the UFO disappearing from Fravor, it apparently reappeared at this rendezvous point 60 miles away. Popular Mechanics has uh, weighed in on this and said that a UFO or any object at all, any physical object, to be able to do that, travel 60 miles in like two seconds, would have to move at the very minimum 2,500 miles an hour <gasps> to be able to do that. Um, and that doesn't even describe like the going right. towards you and oh my god. Exactly. Holy shit. So Fravor said um, that he didn't know if he should go to the rendezvous point or not or just go back to his combat exercises. And basically when he was in the process of figuring out which one he should do, a controller seconds after this thing disappeared radioed him and said, sir, you're not going to believe this. This thing is at your half point, which is our hold point. Ah! Oh my god! So they were only able to see... They were only able to see it because their radar apparently jammed, so they were purely going off of the infrared channel <gasps> in, on their aircraft. Yeah. So they were able to see it before anyone else, I guess. Wow. Okay. So that's creepy because it means the UFO was also able to switch from being visible by radar and go straight into infrared. Oh, wow. So it's like it can now just change <sighs> spectrums. Creepy, dude. This is a whole quote from Fravor. Uh, it's a combination of a few quotes, but I just kind of clumped them all together because I thought they were all really good. Yeah. So these are things that he said about the experience, Fravor. Quote, not saying it's from outer space, but not saying it's from here either. I can tell you, I think it was not from this world. I'm not crazy. Haven't been drinking. It was after 18 years of flying. I've seen pretty much everything that I can in that realm. And this was nothing close. It accelerated beyond any airplane we have. I've seen just about everything, and there's nothing I know of that that we're making at that time that had that kind of performance. I have no idea what I saw. It had no plumes, wings, or rotors, and outran our F-18s. But I want to fly one. Ah! <laughs> what a guy. So he was like, I don't know what that is, but it's a hell of a ride. Ugh. So uh, <laughs> among the key findings in the official report because eventually this became declassified and so sure you now you can read some of the official reports and the important things to take away from it are that the ufos and this is a official report so i mean the these things have been confirmed the ufos did not belong to any known earth nation oh 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 what a creepy way to phrase that they were so the technology was so advanced that it ran circles around our advanced military technology. Mm. It had velocities faster than anything known to exist and was capable of cloaking itself from radar and the human eye. Mm. Uh, statements in this report were made by seven of the pilots and radar operators involved that day. And pilots were apparently made fun of for reporting this UFO. Mm. So the initial report was forgotten about and not sent forward to a commander. Oh, come on. So nobody knew about it for a while, and it just kind of became folklore. The same... So there were four people that were familiar with the contents. I don't know if they helped write the report or if they were involved in the actual encounter. But four people involved in this somehow. 
confirmed that this is the real deal and was a project handled by the Pentagon. Wow. And they say that there is another highly classified version of the report that was also written, but will likely never be released to the public. Ooh. So there's one with even more detail. Spooky. Here is the report's of official attempt at describing the video. Okay. So this is a whole quote, and it's fucking long, and I'm so sorry, but it's important. Okay. So here's a whole quote describing the video based on some of the reports. The UFO, quote, suddenly and instantaneously accelerates out of view of the sensor at an unprecedented velocity without a sonic boom. The acceleration is so high that the sensor cannot maintain a track on it, which cannot be achieved by any known aircraft. This shows credible evidence of a flying vehicle that demonstrates qualities unlike anything we know, understand, or can duplicate, or, and duplicate, including hovering without a propulsion exhaust fume, extreme maneuverability and startling changes in acceleration, and attaining hypersonic velocities typically referring to speeds over a Mach 5, which is five times faster than the speed of sound, <laughs> without any indication of a sonic boom. It is because we cannot replicate these flight characteristics with existing technology this is indicative of beyond next generation technology. Oh my god. Super creepy. So creepy. And I don't know I there was a there were a couple different resources I was using. I wish I remember which one I got that from, but the I didn't mess with that sentence. Those were just exact quotes from that. Which is really creepy. It's very start very very scary. So here are some other quotes from uh very high up people who were somehow involved in this. So this is a uh, former Marine Colonel Stephen Ganyard who says, no aircraft that we know of can fly at those speeds, maneuver like that, or looks like that. Mm. A national security correspondent for Politico, Brian Bender, said these aircraft seem to defy all of the known aerodynamic properties that we're familiar with. Retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel Chris Cook said, I have no idea what that thing is, and it's not like anything I've ever seen. And former petty officer Jason Turner, who was actually involved in this encounter um, and saw the UFO himself, said it was making maneuvers that no human being could ever survive. The G-forces that would be put on the people in there, you would just instantly die. Right. So right. all these people are like, what the fuck that is going is on? so scary. So the this story has been covered in the New York Times and included a disclaimer in the reporting of the incident. Um, the disclaimer was uh, in the New York Times, which I wish I could read the sentence in an actual tangible newspaper. Sure. Experts caution that earthly explanations often exist for such incidents and that not knowing the explanation does not mean that the event has interstellar origins. Mm. Very well put. Mm. But also, Intriguing. but also it was an alien. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think like, <laughs> again, I mean, we've said this, but like, it's still terrifying, even if it is like. A human-made situation. Yeah. Then... Worst case scenario, it's like a really terrible foreign threat. Yes, if, right. If our military is like, we don't know what the fuck that is. Like, I don't feel great and we about have, that. And it totally, like, is not susceptible to anything right. that we can control. And yeah. it's like trolling in our air world and sea world. It loves our air world it and sea world. Her. And even land world. Oh, my God. Uh, so skeptics claim that the UFO that people saw, and the keep in mind, the several, there was like hundreds at one oh, point that true. people were seeing. I forgot about that. There's like a whole fleet of them. Skeptics claim that these were equipment malfunctions, even though they've proven that that was not the case. Sure. Or classified government technology that was kept secret from even the higher ups I who see. experienced this. So I see. a lot of other government. I guess that people, would be best case scenario because it's at least within. It's within our control. Yeah, but also I don't love this creepy secret like. Yeah, exactly. That's just so wild. 
Uh, so there is one guy from the Skeptical Inquirer named Joe Nickel, and he questioned... The Skeptical Inquirer. I know. It's the, the exact opposite of what I ever read. Joe Nickel said, how could someone actually see a 40-foot object from 40 miles away? That doesn't sound realistic. Also, he thinks the churning water that they saw when this thing was breaking the tension mm-hmm. and coming out of the water. He said that could have just been a submarine, although they've proven there were no submarines in the area at sure. that time. He also said that the sightings of these things could have just been recon drones. Mm. Um, the video of an object zooming off screen could have been a camera, like, buffering and catching up with itself. Oh. So he had some, like, legitimacy, I guess. Sure. But at the same time, enough people have proven there was no submarine. There were no drones. And no... there's so many things at once that's, like... Right. And no drone, like, can move that fast. And... Right. So that's his version And there's another uh, skeptic named Stephen Pope. He's the editor of Flying Magazine. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He said that the New York Times story was borderline sensationalist. He said that the videos were not released by the Pentagon, so we can't see how legitimate the footage is. Oh, I see. Interesting. But here's the thing. He says that, oh, well, the video might not be legit. It might be, like, edited because it wasn't released by the official Pentagon. It was actually released by a formal a former pentagon official that has founded to the stars academy <gasps> our buddy louise but i miss louise so he was saying because louise is no longer part of the pentagon we can't trust the video that the he pentagon. uploaded well i mean that's kind of splitting hairs in my opinion but okay sure just to refresh uh louise began the organization to the stars academy um when after working and being the program director for double a tip right that i talked about last week and he founded it with Chris Mellon, who was a former intelligence official that was, mm-hmm. like, head of the head of the head of security mm-hmm. for the program. Both of them said, like, fuck this. We don't want to do it anymore. And they co-founded to the Stars Academy with, fun fact, Tom DeLong. Oh. The guitarist from Blink-182. What? Oh, I heard about this. I remember when this I did, happened. I didn't know that. Uh, I forgot to mention that last time. Yeah, he has, he's, like, a huge alien buff. Yep. Well... Now you know who he supports. Also, yes, I now know. I do know John Glenn was a senator. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, we both found that that out. I'm sorry. Listen, I was next to our neighbors with Neil Armstrong. I don't know if you knew this. Were you really? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Not to like give away where my parents live. Not really live in the same neighborhood. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Change the the (laughs) fact into like a weird, vague statement. But yeah, we, um, yeah. So, and one time my dad uh, was golfing and Neil Armstrong uh, wouldn't let my dad play through, and so my dad's still mad about it. Like he still talks about how much of a he's like, go back to space, Neil. He's like, he's like, he's such a jerk. I was like, I don't think you're allowed to talk about American heroes that way. Right, right, right. Um. Anyway, so you know what? Go I'm back sorry. to Air World. I should have known this. And John Glenn is also from Ohio, and I apologize to all my Ohio astronaut fans, including Eva, who knew this already. Oh, good, great. She did, right? Uh, no, she's she, the one she who knew. Told us. She's yeah. the one. She's on it. Reason a million why she's perfect. Oops. So, uh, Stephen was right that the story was released by Louise, because, like I've said in the last two episodes, Louise was program director of AA Tip, and when he said, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore, he came out specifically to the New York Times in 2017 and brought them a lot of stories and footage and evidence that the government has been looking into UFO topics. So this happened to be one of the stories that he covered oh, in New York Times. Oh, okay. So Louise confirmed that while running AA Tip, the uh, video footage from the USS Nimitz was analyzed. So he said, like, this was a legitimate concern. Wow, okay. This was something that we were studying. 
And he has said, quote, the Nimitz incident was not an isolated event. There have been more than a dozen incidents off the East Coast, and there are many Nimitz incidences that are equally compelling that are told from the eyes of people just like Commander Fravor. <laughs> so he's like, people this high up have more than just one story. Right. This is, They're this corroborating is, this. This is not new. Oh, my God. So despite skeptic beliefs, the Tic Tac video footage is legitimate because Fleur 1 is the second of only three U.S. military videos of UFOs that has, quote, been through the official declassification review process. Wow. Okay. So only one of three. Interesting. It's also a product of U.S. military sensors. I mean, like, it, the footage came specifically from military-grade right, equipment. Right. So that alone confirms that it's original, unaltered, and not computer-generated or artificially fabricated. Wow. And there's some sort of... I was trying to, like, become a lawyer overnight and figure out the legal... <laughs> process of this but apparently there's there's some law and some understanding that it is owned by the military and it can't be altered it was i don't know it was further proving that it was credible and authentic and so it's been confirmed that the footage was from one of the most advanced sensor tracking devices in use on the market and has not been fabricated got it so the story this whole nimitz story has been kind of an urban legend kind of known but never confirmed for years by the like in the navy sure but in 2017 when this video was released it confirmed for good that okay this story is real okay wow the last couple things i'm going to say are that this year there is apparently a like a big conference a big ufo conference let's called, go well it already happened this year Fuck. we can go next year yes it's called uh, ufo megacon oh my god can we can we for real go yeah okay great so this year uh there was a whole panel of uh, Nimitz incident witness witnesses. Wow. So there's a whole group of people involved in wow. it. All talking about their parts of what was going on. Holy smokes. So, and not just like the fighter pilots or the, like, I know uh, Kev, he was there. Kev was there and, and was we there. missed it. We missed Kev. Oh no. But one of the other people or some of the other people that were there were like computer technicians that were like, wow. Okay. Looking at the radar stuff later. It's a very full fledged panel here. Yeah. Like very well, uh, inclusive. Got it. So one of the main guys that was there, his name was Gary Voorhis and Gary was a computer software technician on the USS Princeton that day. Oh my God. So the software that he worked on allowed multiple vessels to combine their radar and sensor information together for like one big wow. pool of information. Yeah. So Gary has said that when all of those Navy jets were flying out to start intercepting the UFOs, and one of them actually got a video of the Tic Tac. Yeah. When all of those jets were out there intercepting, apparently uh, it was live streamed in the government. All that footage was live streamed on Cippernet. Uh, oh, my God. Do you know what Cippernet is? Yeah. So it stands for Secret Internet Protocol Router Network. Okay, which I is, forgot. I was like, I don't remember what the hell it stands for. It's basically the network that the Department of Defense and the Department of State have with each other to right. transmit classified information. A super secret. Super secret network. Like the Ooh. dark, dark, dark web. Ooh, the dark web of the dark web. Yeah. Uh -huh. Spooky, spooky. And uh, he said that. When they were all flying out, word had gotten out the like, hey, there's like some UFO action here. All these Navy fighter pilots going to go find out what it is. And so it was live streamed. And everyone that he said, quote, everybody who had the proper clearance was packed into any place they could that had Cipernet just to watch this stream. Holy 
So there was just departments of people just watching this footage. And so Gary said, this is a quote of his about the experience, and it's kind of long. But Gary said, we were watching this happen. It was amazing. This thing moved with no apparent inertia. Gravity didn't seem to affect it. It would stop and go, and it never really ramped up in speed. It just went from point A to point B at X amount of speed, period. And just as erratic as you would even imagine, after we got done watching the video, we were a bit stunned. We went out to the smoke deck and kind of stared off into oblivion for a while. I've always been very interested in physics, engineering, and this object just showed me a level of physics and a level of engineering that I didn't even know was possible. And in that way, it kind of opened me up a little bit more. So I guess it really did affect me, but it was only because I saw something truly impossible happen in front of me. I have chills. That is a trip, dude. Like, so <laughs> Gary's like would have been my bro. Oh, Gare Bear. Because apparently he knew that he he was a technician, so he could kind of get away with be like, oh, yeah, I need to fix something on this machine. I need to fix something here. So he would like sneak into rooms and overhear people talking. Oh, so he was like, I didn't really need to be in there. There wasn't like totally an equipment malfunction, but like. I would just say I needed to fix something. Yeah. And then I would just listen. I love that. That's that's what Christine and M move. Exactly. For well, sure. That's the Christine move. The M move that he also pulled Uh-oh. was he was like, sometimes I would literally just hide under desks and listen to people talk. <laughs> oh, I dropped a tic-tac down yeah, here. Exa- oh. Wink, wink. Full circle. <laughs> it got stuck in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> At Airworld with the penguins. So uh, Gary also heard, probably from hiding under a desk, but the Navy, so remember, it was under the water for a hot second. Yeah, and, yeah. like, the water was, like, kind of breaking. Yeah. And then it all, all of a sudden lifted up. And some people are saying, oh, it was a submarine. It was a submarine. But there was no submarine around. Sure. Even though there was no submarine around, Gary overheard from higher up Navy officials that that day during that event, they had picked up sonar oh under the water. Oh, my God. From something that wasn't or shouldn't <laughs> have been there. Oh, no. So if there were no submarines in the area, that means that the UFO was also capable of communicating underwater with them. Holy shit. Even though it was only underwater for a couple seconds, but they picked up sonar. And there were no submarines, so it wasn't. Exactly. Oh, my God, how spooky. So then at the same time that that was a fun little extra piece of information, apparently commanding officers in different departments all began confiscating radar hard disks from the aircrafts and radars involved Mm. in the incident. So what was on the hard drives that were being confiscated was data from the CEC or the combined engagement capabilities. So it was data that quote, had the most sophisticated combined information of these Tic Tac UFOs from every vessel and plane in the strike group. Wow. So they were just taking all footage away from people and then like, classifying it wow gary even said that higher-ups also came to him to take away his data recordings and then they told him if there was anything left he was forgetting that he needed to burn it right away (gasps) oh my god or erase it i am imagining burning many people involved also ended up getting uh direct emails from the senate asking to come in for private conversations from john glenn from john glenn (laughs) and some, uh, actually from Angela, from Angela's boyfriend, the senator. <laughs> Do you know how many photographers? Two. Two. Angela over here. Angela over here. <laughs> so, uh, some people were like called to the Senate to like speak about what happened. What the fuck? And other people that were involved actually got taken down to an SCIF, which is a sensitive compartmented information facility. Oh, okay. It was basically a 
interrogation room where you can't hear anything. It's soundproof. There are several locked doors and you can't get out until after you sign NDAs about everything. Okay, that's terrifying. So conversations were had behind those doors. Conversations were had. Yes. And apparently those involved that got brought down to an SCIF, if they ever tried discussing any of it to their friends... Apparently, the friends reported back saying, like, they're not themselves ever since they came back from that SCIF. Like, they're something's off about them now. What? Like, their personalities had changed. And then if they said, like, hey, buddy, like, what happened during that conversation? There were higher ups all around that would, like, interrupt those conversations and would just say, shut your mouth. Don't talk about it. Drop the discussion. Um, I'm scared. So I'm leaving you on that. Great. And then saying, just like the UFO story from 2014 and 2015, and just like Double A Tip, this story was featured in the very recently released History Channel show, Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation. And that is my three-part story. Oh my god, Em. You're freaking me out, dude. Alien shit is so scary. It's just scary when, like, everyone knows that there's something there and no one's talking about and it very official people are like trying to hide it and cover it up and oh god oh no yep and are threatened by it yep clearly yep absolutely not explore new possibilities pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Welcome to several hours later. <laughs> I've had two beers. I have eaten an entire Carvel cake. Not even a little bit of a joke. No, we nope. <laughs> we sat in the kitchen and gossiped for a little bit. We lost track of time. And then we were like, oh, Christine, you haven't done your store yet. We need to go back upstairs. I was like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> Blaze is like, so uh, are we going to dinner soon? And I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. It's so. now getting dark. We're here now. And drinking a sweet tea. And somehow it's still 8,000 degrees. Still. Still. Um, Cool. So we are here. We are ready to go. Finally. I have quite a story for you today. I'm super excited. Please tell me it's Jeffrey Dahmer. It is not. Tell me it's Albert Fish. It is not. Okay, I don't know. It is a big one, though. And it is one that I've been preparing for the last mm, six days. Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. I don't know if you'll know it. I mean, you'll know it, but I don't know if you'll guess it. Have you done Richard Ramirez? No. Is it that? No. Oh. I don't think you'll guess it. Okay, what is it? It is the story of Casey Anthony. <gasps> I would have not guessed that, but I'm I know, so excited. I feel like it's not very guessable, but it's also a pretty big story. Can I sound super ignorant? Sure. On air? What a shocker. Love it. <laughs> um, I don't actually know the Casey Anthony story. Guess and what? I, I didn't either. Okay. Because I know it's like, it definitely was such like a... Yeah wildly well-known story and everyone knew like it was very prominent during our like yeah like it was it was times. it was happening at a time where like i was old enough to be we watching well the, news, of the news and right. i i should have known more and people would always be around me being like oh with casey, oh, casey anthony and, and i'd be like yeah yeah <laughs> totally just to sound smart i think i just like avoided it at the time because we were still pretty young i think and i think i was just a little fr- like as much as it shocks you True crime still freaks me out, to be fair. I mean, that's why I'm interested in it, I guess. Sure. But at the time, I was like, I don't know if I want to read this late at night. I'm not sure I know what my reasoning was. I think I just actively chose to not educate myself like a total asshole. But <laughs> at the same time, like, I absolutely should know. So I'm glad that today it stops. Today I will today, have education. I force education upon you. Finally. You and every teacher at Fredericksburg Academy. Finally. I live up to all your elementary school teachers. <laughs> okay. So story of Casey Anthony. This is a trip and I really didn't know too much about it. Like I said. Um, all I know is there's a, a daughter and everyone thinks the mom did it. That's what I knew as well. Okay. So yeah. We're starting is, from the same starting point. Super ignorant. Is Casey Anthony the mom or the baby? The mom. Okay. The baby is Kaylee. So close. Kaylee. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Kaylee c-a-y-l-e-e i also would have never guessed that <laughs> kaylee and casey i'm so behind the times and okay. the mom is cindy anyway you'll oh, what you'll come to know all this okay, okay. great <laughs> i'd be the worst teacher ever i'm like so where were we let me get my beer <laughs> let me start with a clusterfuck of information <laughs> and now let's just untangle the weave yeah okay so there's this the reason i got interested is there's this um investigation discovery three-part documentary that was recommended on hulu and it was called Casey Anthony, an American mystery or American murder mystery. So I watched that um, twice because <laughs> I okay. had to go back and do my notes like over again. Love it. Um, so let's just go, I guess. Let's. July 15th, 2008, Orlando, Florida police get a 911 call from a woman named Cindy Anthony saying there's someone in her home who needs to be arrested. And it is, it is her 22 year old daughter, Casey Anthony. Mm. Cindy says her daughter had stolen her car and she'd like to speak to an officer in person. So when she was pressed for more details, Cindy told the operator that her daughter, Casey, and Casey's two-year-old daughter, Kaylee, so Cindy's granddaughter, um, had been missing for 31 days. She said, quote, I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her mother finally admitted it to me. Oh, shit. 
Casey had just returned to the house after the 31 day period, but Kaylee was not with her and was nowhere to be found. Hmm. So police arrive to a chaotic household. Everyone's yelling at each other. Police are like, tell us what's going on. Uh, they ask Casey, where is Kaylee, your daughter? And Casey says she had dropped Kaylee off at the nanny's house a month ago and the nanny had refused to return her. And, so, and, and Casey just didn't give a shit about that. Right. So she's like, I just, she's, she, that's I was the like, last okay, I saw her. <laughs> the last ya. time I saw her was a month ago. Okay. And they're like, well, who's the nanny? And she explains that her name was Zenaida Gonzalez, AKA right. Zanny the nanny. I feel like I should have at least known that part of the story. <laughs> Zanny the Nanny seems like something we would have picked up on. It seems like the nanny spinoff. That would have... Oh God. It's Fran Drescher. Franny the Nanny and Zanny the Nanny. Yeah. Um. So at this point, they're like, what well, you said, like, wait, she's been missing for a month. Why haven't you called the police? Like, Don't you give a shit about your kid? Yeah. Where Where were you? And she said she was afraid that Kaylee would be harmed if she called the police. Um. She said she looked everywhere that Zanny may have taken her daughter, the park, the mall, etc., and when she couldn't find her, she was too embarrassed to return home to her parents, so she stayed with her boyfriend until finally she ended up coming home after 31 days. Hmm. So they're like, okay, you know what? Fine, take us to Zanny's apartment, or Zanida's apartment, and um, she's like, okay, I will. So they arrive at the building, it's the middle of the night, and uh, Casey points to an apartment and says that's where she lives. So the detective goes up to the door, he knocks, he's looking through the windows, and the apartment appears to be completely vacant. There's no furniture, it's all dusty, and he's like, well, that's strange, okay. Um, and then when they ask the apartment complex manager, the manager says, not only has that apartment specifically been vacant for months, so she couldn't have dropped her off at that apartment a month ago, right? but the complex had never had a, tenden- a tenant named Zenaida Gonzalez. Got so it. he's like, I don't know who that is. So immediately, this case obviously takes fire in the news. It's Orlando. There's this young mom who left her kid with a nanny and it was kidnapped. And it's just like this huge mystery, you know, so it takes off in the news. Um, Casey tells the lead detective that she's an an event planner at Universal Studios and that she had confided with two coworkers that Zanny had taken her child so they would be able to back up her story. So they were like, okay, we need to establish a timeline for this abduction and talk to these coworkers. So they pick Casey up and they're like, okay, we're going to go to Universal. You can introduce us to your coworkers. Right. And we're going to get this story straight. Sure. So they arrive at Universal. Casey goes up to the security guard and is like, uh, I'm Casey Anthony. I work here. And he's like, no, you, no, don't. you don't. No, <laughs> no. And she looks back at the police and is like, no, no, I do work here. Hold on. And she's like, I, I do work here. Like, look at my supervisor. And he's like, I don't know anyone by that name. Right. And so eventually the guard is like, okay, you're with the police. I guess you can go back. You can go back. Sure. So they go back and she's like, follow me. I'll show you. So she starts leading them up the elevator through some hallways. She starts waving at other employees like, hey, good to see you. And they're just God. like looking at her like, what the fuck? And then they turn down a corner. It's a dead end. Casey turns around and goes, I don't really work here. <gasps> and they were like. Yeah, we figured that pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So she just made it up. And try I don't know what she was going to plan on. How did I not know any of this? Is this a trip? I don't know what she was planning on. Like, oh, we're going to walk down these hallways and then I'm going to be like, see, I told you. Like, I wonder at what point, like, how yeah. many people in of her waving at right? was she like, okay, it's gone too far. I wonder if she was going to wait, wait for someone to be like the Christine of the group of being like, oh, yeah, good to see you again. Right. Like, she was hoping someone would volunteer to be <laughs> yeah. her, like, her buddy. I'm too socially awkward to pretend like I don't remember you. Um, so they're like, yes, we know you don't work here. We have figured this out. Oh, hello. Sorry. 
We're done with the sweet tea. It's over. We're good. We're not done with the beer, but that's okay. Um, so at this point, they're like, okay, you've kind of fucked around long enough with Zenaida. First, with Zenaida. I would have arrested her right then. I would have been like, you clearly, this is like, like a Something fucking game going for you. On. Right. Like you're, te- you're doing some weird game. I already see why everyone believes that she's guilty. <laughs> right. We're not even off the first page yet. Right. So they're like, okay, you need to tell us where Kaylee is. And she's like, I swear, I have no idea. She's also 22. So she's very young at this point too. Um, right. So she's like, I swear I have no idea, but she's also like not really phased. Like they're like, your daughter is literally missing and supposedly kidnapped. Like help us out. We're trying to find her. Right. Um, so at this point, police do arrest her on charges of child neglect, hoping that like somehow this will trigger her confession. Um, but she continues to insist that the baby is with this woman, Zenaida. Uh, so when Casey makes her one phone call, they record it. Um, and it's to her mother cindy and casey is pissed she says she has nothing to do with kaylee's disappearance she demands her mother give her tony's phone number and tony is her boyfriend okay she's like you get tony to call me right now i don't want to talk to you i have nothing to do with this mom and her mom's just like casey what the fuck is going on tell me what's going on right now where the hell is kaylee um and the grandparent like casey's parents were very close with the granddaughter so they were like totally distraught about this so um tony's her boyfriend and the police hear this phone call and they're like okay well we need to track down this tony guy so they find tony tony lazaro and they go to his apartment they interview his roommate clint in this documentary and clint says neither he nor tony knew where kaylee was they didn't even know she was missing this whole time um clint explained that casey used to bring kaylee around a lot when they first started when she and um, Tony first started dating and they loved Kaylee and like she was always welcome at the apartment. But then one day within the last month or so, she just kind of like stopped bringing her. Mm-hmm. And every time they asked, like, where's Kaylee? She would say she's either with her grandparents or with the nanny. Mm. Zenaida, Zanny the nanny. So police are searching case files when one of the investigators catches something. And that's that uh, Cindy Anthony, Casey's mom, had made three 911 calls that same day. Not just the one that they gotcha. responded to. One of the calls featured Cindy telling the operator, quote, there is something wrong. I found my daughter's car today and it smells like there's a dead body in the damn car. <gasps> oh, no. So they're like, wait, what the fuck? This was like the same day that she mm. called in that Kaylee was still missing. So they go find the family car. It had been at like an impound lot because um, Casey had abandoned it in the middle of the road when it ran out of gas. (laughs) So they find the family car and the second they open it, they're like, that's the smell of decomposition. Yeah. That's a body. That's a body. Um, a cadaver dog alerts to the trunk. So they open it up and they don't find a body there, but they do find evidence of decomposition as well. Several human hairs. Mm. And that's when they're like, shit, Kaylee might be dead. Right. So Cindy explained that Casey had taken the family car and had then abandoned it somewhere in town when it ran out of gas when they asked her about the dead body smell this time around, when they went back and found the phone call, Cindy was like, oh, no, like we did smell something terrible. It turns out it was just uh, a bag of trash. It was pe- rotten pizza. OK. And they were like, mm, that's not what you said on the 911 call. You said there's a de- like it right. smells like a dead fucking body, as Megan would say. Right. And she's like <laughs> suddenly changing her story and being like, no, it was just pizza. And they were like, mm, those are very different. Pizza and bodies are not the same. Fortunately for the world. A full bodied pizza. Now that's something. Now we can get behind that. That is something I'm on to. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, that's a little sketchy that she's changing her story, but okay. 
at this point, uh, police are like, okay, she's still insisting that this, that her baby is with Zenaida Zanny, who has kidnapped her. So they're like, we need to track this woman down. So they do. They find a woman named Zenaida Gonzalez Fernandez, and they take her in for questioning. And guess what? She has never met Casey, has never met the baby, has never let alone babysat for Casey or the baby. Got it. She has no freaking clue what is going on. She's like, I have never met these people in my life. Right. So um, the whole story was obviously a big fat lie. And so at this point, the police are like, Casey did something to this baby. Like there's, she's made up every step along the way. She's made some, made up a new detail of this like fabricated story. Yeah. Like all signs point to this is fake. Right. Something's going on. So Casey hires this big shot defense attorney. His name's Jose Baez. And he's like, okay, I'm cutting off police access to Casey. They're not able to talk to her anymore. And meanwhile, like her own parents, so Kaylee's grandparents are looking everywhere for Kaylee. They're putting up posters throughout the town. They're talking to local news. They're setting up like searches. There's this company called EquiSearch, which is like um, they do these huge searches on like horseback and ATV and Mm. scuba diving, like just trying their best to find Kaylee throughout the Orlando area. So they search for weeks, find nothing. And after one month of being in jail, Casey finally makes bond. She's released and placed under house arrest. And at this point, people are freaking out because they're like this. So in Florida, uh, there's a sunshine law. Records are extremely public. So people are able to hear the 911 call. That's says There's a dead body smell. People are able to see the conversation between Casey and her parents in jail where she's like talking to her parents and being like, I have nothing to do with this. And like is pissed off at her mom and right. is kind of being a little brat. And so... The public is like, what the fuck? This woman murdered her child. Why are you letting her out? Um, so people are losing it. Literally going to the Anthony's house. They're on their lawn. They're banging on their door saying you're harboring a child killer. They're demanding to know where Kaylee is, like either where she is or where her remains are. And Casey Anthony basically becomes the most hated woman and the most hated mom in America. Right. Um, then a few months later, a meter reader named Roy Cronk which what a name cronk cronk Hold the lever. Hold the lever. uh roy cronk called police about a suspicious object that he found in a forested area near the anthony residence when he went to go take a leak on the side of the road classic cronk classic cronk um he had found a human skull <gasps> wrong <No>. lever <laughs> literally quite literally um it was a human skull and it was only 200 yards away from the anthony's house so Shit. basically in their backyard Officers searched the area, and they found the remains of a small child in a trash bag, wrapped in a baby blanket featuring Winnie the Pooh riding on Piglet's shoulders. Um, Investigative teams recovered duct tape that was hanging from the child's hair and some tissue left on her skull. Over the next four days, more bones were found in the wooded area near the spot where the remains were initially discovered, and on December 19, 2008, the medical examiner confirmed that the remains were those of two-year-old Kaylee Anthony. Wow. And because of the duct tape, uh, the death was ruled a homicide. Mm-hmm. So, yikes. Um, police are able to secure a warrant to search the Anthony's home after this, especially because the body was found literally right outside their house. Um, they wanted to see if they could somehow link the objects they found with Kaylee's body back to the house. And in the house, they find that Kaylee's room, what a strange co- coincidence, was decorated in Winnie the Pooh theme. Mm. Um, her blanket was missing. Yep. Furthermore, the bag Kaylee's body was found in was actually a laundry bag that was only sold in pairs. And in the Anthony house, they found the matching laundry bag. 
to the one that was found. This just seems like a slam dunk. Right. It's like so straight Hook, line, sinker. Yeah, exactly. So Casey Anthony was charged with first degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child and four counts of providing false information to police. And she pleaded not guilty to all charges. So now we fast forward three years, May 9th, 2011. Uh, They begin jury selection. There are literally people outside the courthouse, like trying to get on the jury. Like, just begging. Really? Yeah. and Like, they all got something to say. They just want to be a part of the, like, media spectacle or whatever. Wow. And as someone who this week was called for jury duty, and every night I keep checking, <laughs> and they're like, you don't need to come in. You don't need to come in. And I'm really hoping I don't need to come in. Don't fucking go beg for jury duty, dude. Right, like, right, you'll right. get it eventually. <laughs> Literally, this one guy was interviewed, and he's like, yeah, this guy, like, went at my throat because... I, like, cut him in line by accident or something. Like, people were losing it trying to get into this jury. Um, The trial began later that month, and the prosecution basically had to try and prove not only that Casey killed Kaylee, her own daughter, but why she did it. Mm. They started by calling one of Casey's childhood friends to the stand who explained that when Casey got pregnant at age 19, she wanted to give her baby up for adoption, but her mom insisted that she keep the baby. Okay. And the angle essentially was that Casey didn't want to be a mom from the start. So even when she was pregnant, she was like, I don't want to keep the baby. And her mom pressured her to keep the baby. But the defense was like, no, this is all a big misunderstanding. Kaylee was never actually missing. Here's what really happened. And this just completely shocked the courtroom. So basically her attorney said that on the morning of June 16, 2008, Cindy went to work and George and Casey, so Casey and her dad, were at home and they couldn't find Kaylee. And that's when they opened the back door and saw Kaylee drowned in the family's swimming pool. What? And so the story was that to spare his daughter's life, George disposed of Kaylee's body, hoping to protect his own daughter, Casey, from child neglect or whatever it may be. Um, But there was a lot more he needed to explain because obviously Casey had woven this whole web of lies about Zenaida and her job at Universal, etc., Um, and Jose Baez, her attorney says, sure, sure. She lied about these things, but, uh, she was actually taught to lie by her own father because she had to keep a deep, dark family secret. And everyone's mm, like, okay, what's that? Right. He's like, her father, George has been sexually abusing her since she was eight years old. Oh shit. And so <laughs> Casey's parents are like, what? If like, that's not horrified. If that's inaccurate. They really just threw him right it's under really, that fucking bus. Really bad. And it was total, utter bullshit because Casey even said, like, when she was talking to her dad later, like, no, you were the best dad. Like, you never did anything wrong. Like, this was just total bullshit that oh they made up to try and pin this on someone, someone else. else. Right. Um, so Casey's parents are obviously fucking devastated. Like, she's literally their only daughter is accusing them of, like, child, like, sexual abuse yeah. and and hiding the body of their granddaughter. Um, and so obviously George is like, I didn't do that. I would never do that to my own daughter. Um, but then the defense attorney, Jose Baez, says to George, um, oh, well, what about late January of 2009? You attempted to commit suicide, didn't you? And oh, no. George is like... Using that against him? Using it against him. And George is like, again, shocked. And is like, yes, I did. And um, it turns out that after Kaylee's grand... Kaylee's... So his granddaughter's body was found. Um, he couldn't function. He was like, he drove to a CD hotel in Daytona. And tried to take his own life. He took 60 pills. He wrote a letter telling Kaylee he was coming to be with her. Oh, shit. Um, He survived, obviously. But now this was being used against him. Basically, they were trying to paint his suicide attempt as a result of his guilt at finding 
Kaylee's oh body in the God. swimming pool and got saying, it, got it, got it. You, you know, you just felt so guilty that you hit her body and now, you know, whatever. And he's like, that's not at all what it was. And there's like video of him just sobbing on the yeah, stand. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, let's find the one thing right. that's probably the most intimate. Yes. Like emotionally traumatic thing that's ever happened to you and now we're yeah. gonna use it against you and now it's on hulu like right, jesus right, christ right so um he was like sobbing on the stand he's like i needed at that time to go and be with my granddaughter kaylee and they tore him apart um he they were like well you hid your granddaughter's body you sexually molested your daughter and then you attempted suicide to cover up your guilt and he was like literally none of that is true oh my god i can't imagine the stress that i would feel Can of, you like, imagine? I mean, what if someone believes this and right. like all of a sudden your entire life is fucking well, ruined. right your reputation's done forever you know shit so the prosecution then is like well okay what about the car so they were able to prove that in the trunk of the car, there had been a dead body, that a corpse had been in the car because of the way they were able to take the fumes from the car and say, this is decomp. There was a body here. Right. And they also were able to prove that the hairs in the car were Kaylee's. So um, they tested that sample and they found out that there was also a shockingly high amount of chloroform mm. in the sample. And guess what they found on the Anthony's home computer? How to use chloroform. <laughs> how to make chloroform. Oh, my God. And how to use it, presumably. Great. Um, so then the defense w was like, okay, well, that's because Casey's mom, Cindy. So they brought her to the stand and Cindy was like, God, no, no, no. I was looking up chlorophyll and I accidentally wrote how to make chlorophyll. chlorophyll? Okay. <laughs> she's like, sure, I, Cindy. She's like, my dog was really sick. So I was trying to see if like my cactus made him sick or something and, or my palm tree or whatever. So she's like, so I tried to Google like if chloroform, chlorophyll was poisonous. And even on the stand, she was like, if chloroform, oh, I mean chlorophyll. And I'm like, smooth. God. Oh my God. So basically they were like, no, no, no. She was just looking up like chlorophyll and then it accidentally somehow searched how to Auto -corrected. make chloroform. Okay. And then the prosecution was like, no, we have literal time stamps that you are at work at the time these searches were made like you were in your office at work and she's like no no i wasn't false <laughs> so they were fake like, news fake news literally fake news we can't argue with this so that was that she was just trying to protect her daughter i guess but then there was also the issue of the duct tape so there was duct tape that actually was holding kaylee's skull together by the mandibles so oh like God. meaning it was over her nose and mouth oh um so in other words, this was not an accident. Right. Like even if something had happened, somebody duct taped her mouth and nose. Right. Um, so the pro which is, again, the homicide thing. Uh, so the prosecution was building up to this theory, which they finally announced, which is that Casey, they believe that Casey rendered her daughter Kaylee unconscious with chloroform, then used the duct tape as the murder weapon by basically covering up her nose and mouth, allowing her to die in her sleep before wrapping her up in her favorite Winnie the Pooh blanket then putting her in a laundry bag and trash bags, kept her in the trunk for a few days, and then dumped her body near her parents' house. So that was their theory that they were like, sure. this is what we're building up to. Sounds right. Sounds pretty spot on to me. Um, but of course, the question was still, why the fuck would she do this? Right. So, And are they still falling on the like she didn't want to be a mom thing? Yeah. So well, sort of. Yeah. So they were like her life. Basically, their whole angle was like her life was just going to be easier without a kid. So okay. what they do is they call Casey's boyfriend, Tony, to the stand. Um, and the night that Kaylee was presumably murdered or at least vanished with Zenaida or whatever the fuck she claimed, uh, she and Tony had spent the evening together. Um, so if we're thinking about this from the angle of the prosecution, Kaylee was in the trunk of 
<gasps> Casey's car at this point already dead. Oh, okay. So like with the while Tony was around. Right. So but essentially they were having a date night and as as is evidenced by a video of them with their arms wrapped around each other at a blockbuster video location. Hey and that uh, happened to be the last day anyone had seen Kaylee alive. So essentially that night so Casey they, and Tony are like I was gonna at say, the blockbuster. Are they are they thinking that Tony also helped kill I don't now? think so. No. Okay. Tony had no fucking clue. Tony was like, I love that girl. Tony like, was like, I just want a video. I just wanted a video of VHS tape <laughs> and some of that squeeze candy that Ugh. poisoned all of us in the 90s. Love it. Okay, to be fair, this is like 2000. Wait, yeah, this is like 2008. They were at the only blockbuster <laughs> left in Florida. That was actually the, that was the reason for the date. They were like, oh, it's romantic. It's the last one on earth. That sounds like some shit we would pull, though. Like, let's go to the last <laughs> one. I think the last one's in Oregon. There is one left. I think it's in Oregon. Um, okay, so, right. So they had spent the evening together. Like, they're very lovey-dovey on video. Um, they asked Tony what Casey's demeanor was during the month. He said she was happy. She was carefree. They asked if she ever cried. He said no. They asked, did you ever have any clue that anything was wrong with Kaylee? He said, absolutely not. Um, I had no fucking clue. And the whole time, little did anyone else know, Kaylee was already dead. Mm. So this whole time... So now Clint, who's the roommate and friend, uh, was like, he shed some light on this too. So he and Tony, they were roommates, but they were also DJs. And they threw parties every weekend at the local club. Sure. You know, the one in Orlando. The one. The one. Next also, to the Blockbuster video. Also, the, we keep talking about Tony and Clint as if we're not calling them Iron Man and Hawkeye, but it's fine. Sure. Tony. Tony. Stark. Stark. Is Iron Man. Uh-huh. Clint Barton is Hawkeye. Oh, my God. Okay, I did not know that. Oh my god! Obviously, I didn't know that. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, it shows. Maybe go to a blockbuster and pick up a movie or something. You'll maybe, I, maybe I fucking will. Maybe, maybe you fucking should. Maybe I will. I'll have a date. Why night. do you vidi go all b- out of my life? I don't know what's going on. It's the heat. You I'm can't. So tired. You cannot back out of that one. I'm so tired. I'm letting you sit in it. Um. <laughs> so, Clint, you know, Barton. Hawkeye. Yeah, you get it. Is I get it. What if I was just joshing you the whole time? Get it. Get it. So Clint is like, we were, D- we're DJs. We did like these uh, parties every weekend. And on the night of June 20th, there was this hot body contest at the oh, club. Yeah. And I won. I know. I'm one. It's fine. It was a beautiful day. They for the came world. in a, a, a close second. <laughs> Who? Casey? Sure. I don't know. Yes. So Casey participated in the hot body contest. hot body contest that they were throwing. And so there are these pictures that they showed in court and then obviously suddenly went all over every newsstand in America. Oh, yeah. Of Casey in this like blue dress and she's grinding on other women. She's like wasted. She's partying and clubbing. And essentially this is within days of either, it doesn't look good either way. Either she had murdered her daughter or her daughter had been kidnapped. And either way, she's just like having a fucking partying. party. Exactly. So it's like it's not a good look no matter what. I think that's what I also kind of remember. Yeah. From the, the vague amount of information I've let myself absorb is that like she was at a party days after her daughter died and she just looked right. super happy. She was like clubbing and like wasted. And that was like a big argument in the case of like, why were you so stoked? Right. And yeah. even if it happened the way you said, which is someone kidnapped her, why the fuck are you not calling the police? Right. And instead Aren't you're you worried doing your mind? hot body contests and ordering videos at the Blockbuster. Right. At the Blockbuster. You know. The double B. Double B as I like to call it. Yep. Um, so then, then the prosecution called a tattoo artist to the stand. Oh. And the tattoo artist is like, in the days following Kaylee's disappearance slash death, whichever 
sure. side we're going with. Casey had gotten a tattoo reading Bella Vita, which is Italian for beautiful life. So like, uh-huh. well, beg to differ. Little weird. Sure. Little weird. Um, but the defense continued to insist that Kaylee had actually died in the swimming pool that morning. So, okay. Again, so, okay. either she was kidnapped, she died in the swimming pool, or Casey either, murdered her. Either she went missing forever ago, died forever ago, or died like yet a minute ago. Right. And no matter what, you should be really sad. It was very... But also beautiful life. But also Bella Vita. Trademark. Trade TM, TM, TM. So, right. So they were like, no, she died in the swimming pool. She didn't kill her. She died that morning in the swimming pool. So after 33 days of testimony, the jury deliberated for about 11 hours, which for a case like this is pretty short because usually right. the deliberation for something like this goes on for days. Sure. Um, so after 11 hours, the jury came forward with their verdict. This is why I'm scared to go to jury duty. <laughs> Every day when I'm, they're like, you don't have to come in tomorrow. I'm like, oh, thank God. Right, right, right. I can't right. send a murderer to jail. I, <laughs> this is terrifying. So, um, oh, she was also up for the death penalty. So this is like a huge, huge thing. Yeah. So they found, so they came forward with their verdict. The jury found Casey Anthony not guilty of all charges relating to Kaylee. How? Not even manslaughter. Not even child abuse. She was found guilty. Not even neglect? Nothing. She literally, by definition, neglected her, though. Nothing. But, like, not even knowing where her kid was. So she was found guilty of lying to the police. That's it. Which is like, duh, she lied to the police. She lied to the police. She lied about not being a fucking murderer. Right. She Well, yeah, that too. But she also was like, I work at Universal. It's like, From little things all the way to big things. She right. lied many times. So that's all she was convicted of. And since she'd already been incarcerated for three years, she did 10 more days and then was sent home. So people were fucking pissed, like rioting in the streets pissed. Uh, people were sending death threats to the jury being like, you're letting a murderer go free. Like, you should die. People were saying like, you should stop breathing. I mean, it was wow. a trip. Like they were, people were basically riding the streets was there ever a, a reason announced about like how on earth she got yeah away so they with it? interviewed the um so they interviewed the jurors so obviously it seems to us like an open and shut case but according to jurors there was just too much doubt that the defense presented um the prosecution was not able to say where kaylee died how she died uh they were not able to say if there was like where the chloroform came from did casey make any chloroform there like what happened to her body between like there was just no hard evidence like no right concrete storyline and um they basically said there was just too much doubt presented by the defense saying like you're sending a person a 22 year old or at this point 25 year old perhaps to death death. so like this is a huge decision so like you know like i i feel for them like a little bit sure i do because i'm like that's that's a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and it's pretty wild because people were shocked by this obviously right like I would think, like, at least more than 10 days in jail. <laughs> right. You'd think that at least, like, maybe like, manslaughter. Maybe a year, at least. Like, I feel like at least manslaughter. Because then, like, you know, you're not necessarily sending her to the electric chair or right, whatever the right, fuck, right. or, like, to death. But at the very, uh, I mean, uh, to be truly realistic, at the very least, child neglect. Something. I don't know if she was up for child, or she was con- or uh, charged with child neglect. Or abuse or something. Oh, yeah, I guess it was child abuse, I think, charges. Anyway, but yeah, so nothing. Okay. So actually, um, even though she was released, she didn't quite go home because she had obviously um, strained her relationship with her parents at this point by accusing her father of, uh, you know, sexually assaulting her at age yeah, eight. Yeah, imagine having to go home after that whole, like, trial and being like, hey, you dad, get it, right? So, then? like, 
You saw where I was going with that, right? Like, you knew we were on the same page, No right? hard feelings. I like, ruined your whole life. I but... looked at your eyes, and you looked into my eyes, and we both knew, like, what was really going on there. Like, I needed to say it to prove that I didn't murder my child. That was the only yeah, way. You, but you're, you're there. You're there for you me. You get it. So, anyway. So, Casey had obviously strained that relationship. She became kind of a nomad. Um, she tried to slip into obscurity, but obviously she fucking stayed in the headlines and did not. The Basically, the USA slash every other place with giant media interest in this did not let her get away that easy right so actually zenaida gonzalez sued wow because her name had been basically right besmirched um and then the missing persons search company i mentioned equisearch uh also sued because they were like we spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars on this search and right. like she wasn't even missing you know i mean she was missing <clears throat> but like someone knew where she was this whole time right so they wanted some of their money back their funds back um so can you imagine being Casey Anthony and when, like, you get you find out what the verdict is? I imagine, like, she almost went, what? Really? Oh, she was shocked. Oh, that's actually part of the video. It's, like, her face going, what? Like, she looks so like, shocked. Like, she was convinced and she, she like, was going to die. Completely. Or at least go to jail for the rest of her life. Whew. And she, like, bursts into tears and, like, her lawyer's, like, fucking amped. And she just looks, like, completely wow. taken aback. Like, this is not... Because I think everyone was. But yeah, so she had probably talked herself into, like, this is my future. Right. And then was totally shocked. Um, and they have it on video. It's pretty wild. So Casey, because she, you know, they sued her for these funds, she just filed for bankruptcy. Sure. And uh, reached a settlement with EquiSearch, and then Zenaida's lawsuit was dismissed. But in May 2016, so court filings in that bankruptcy case, when she filed bankruptcy, were released. And they revealed accusations from a private investigator who was working for the defense team at the time. He unleashed documents about the behavior between Casey and her attorney, Jose Baez, mm. alleging that Baez requested payment in the form of sexual favors from Casey. Got it. And uh, when she requested, for example, that he cancel a media interview that she really wasn't up for and didn't feel comfortable with, he told her, you now owe me three blowjobs. <gasps> Verbatim. Oh, no. He further alleged that this... P.I. further alleged that their their relationship escalated and became increasingly inappropriate. He once uh, went to the offices and found Casey Anthony running out of Bias's door, stark naked and giggling. She had outright confessed to him to explain that she had no money, so she had to pay Bias back in sexual favors. That's the only way she could afford to hire him as an attorney. Uh, he also said that Bias had told him specifically that his job as a P.I. was not to go find Kaylee Anthony, but to go find her body. Got it. Essentially saying... He knew she was dead. Right. The attorney right, right. was like, she's dead. Go find her body before anyone else does. Wow. So in the docuseries, they interviewed Casey's parents. And although her mother, Cindy, rarely talks to Casey, she's still on her side. She says she does believe that Kaylee fucked up at that. Or sorry, that Casey fucked up, but that Kaylee drowned in the pool that morning. And she believes that Casey just panicked. Uh, she said, quote, I have to forgive her because if I don't forgive her, I will not be able to live with myself. Wow. And then meanwhile, her dad, who was also interviewed throughout this process, um, he says he believes the pool theory is a bunch of bull. Oh. To quote him. So even the, the parents who are married to each other don't have the same opinion. Yes, they of disagree. This. Wow. It's really interesting to Can me. Can you imagine being married to someone who like so actually believes that you helped cover up a death for oh, your daughter yeah. and all that? I don't think she, she doesn't think George had anything to do with oh, okay. it. She, she thinks, thinks that the kid drowned. Casey and... did it. Got it. But she thinks Casey found the... Her daughter. She didn't think Casey oh, murdered her. She thinks Casey found the found her daughter and like, like panicked. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Yeah. So he says that he thinks the pool theory is a bunch of bullshit. 
He says he lost both his granddaughter and his daughter that day. He will never speak to Casey, his daughter, again after what happened. Um, sure. He says he hopes she makes something positive of her life, but he will never talk to her again. But he and his wife, Cindy, are still together. They're still going strong. They were holding hands in this, like, little interview, and they were like, Aww. nobody else in the world understands what we went through. And Jeez. I was like, holy fuck. And that was their only child, Casey. <sighs> and their only grandchild. It's just, like, horrifying. Um, so as for what did happen, George believes Casey gave Kaylee medication to get her to sleep. And he says he actually noticed a pattern with Kaylee that she was a perfectly healthy kid. But for whatever reason, like she slept 10 to 12 hours every single day. And he's mm. like, I knew that wasn't normal. And I started to like suspect maybe she was giving her pills, pills yeah. yeah, to like get her to sleep. He says she had access. He knows she had access to both street drugs and prescription drugs, one of which was Xanax. And then the person interviewing him said, What's the street name for Xanax? And he said, Zanny. And then there was a <gasps> moment of. Whoa. Holy shit. Zanny the nanny. Yeah. Zanny got her. And then they interviewed. She was taken by Zanny. Wow. Is that tr a trip? And then they interviewed Clint, the friend, who was like, yeah, when she told us, like, oh, she's being. When we asked, like, oh, where's Kaylee? And she said, oh, with Zanny the nanny. He's like, I always just assumed, like, okay, she gave her kid Xanax and, like, put her to sleep. And, like, oh, just, she was napping somewhere. And, like, he's like, that's what I always assumed. And so when they actually went, she's like, no, there's a real person named Zanny the nanny. And this person was like, I'm not a nanny. Like, I don't know who you're right. talking about. So that was, like, a holy shit moment. Um, so as for Casey. So, that, so the whole time she was always really telling the truth, probably. Probably. Wow. And, like, well, not about, like, Zenaido well, Gonzalez, yeah. but, yeah, yeah, or Fernandez Gonzalez. But, um exactly like there's some element of like that could be what actually was wow where the phrase turn of phrase came from that's some like law and order twist right at the end right? before like executive producer dick wolf isn't that <laughs> dun dun uh yeah zanny the nanny wow. fucking a so as for casey she's back in the news literally this month um for a number of reasons she's so she's now 33 Okay. Uh, she's a very busy social life. She parties regularly. She describes her old life as a nightmare, which, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh -huh. um, a source close to her claims that she complains of boredom regularly and has started fighting back against anyone who questions her past by calling them psycho haters. Okay. <laughs> which, okay. Um, according to People Magazine, Casey is reportedly open to having another child and becoming a mother again. <gasps> and when they, uh, when they, so there was a clip from Dr. Oz where they mentioned this to George. Uh -huh. and, and Cindy and George was like, oh, no, I do not. This is that's not good. Like, I don't oh, think that's no. good at all. Like, he was just not about it. Who? OK. <laughs> OK. Oh, boy. It's fucking wild. So last year in 2018, get this. Casey Anthony and OJ Simpson were in talks to star in a joint reality TV show. <sighs> called. Uh, I don't they didn't have a name for it, but they said that the. The, got away with it or got away with it right the the whole point of the close show calls was like uh we didn't do it wink face is right. the name of the it was actually just the title of the show is the emoji of the wink face the wink face oh god it's just semicolon parentheses right right wink yeah so uh basically they were in talks of doing a show together about being acquitted sure and then what life was like after that, which I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. But that didn't go anywhere, seemingly, because this was over a year ago now, and, like, nothing seemingly has happened. Have you covered the OJ trial? I have not, no. Okay. Um, not yet. Uh, as of this week, according to Newsweek, so literally this week, uh, week of June 10th, 
Um, according to Newsweek, Casey is supposedly working on a film that depicts her life after Kaylee's death, a ma major motion picture. Okay. The movie will be called As I Was Told. Shut up. Okay. And promises, ready? Promises no. both, quote, legal and erotic content. What? <laughs> Anthony told the Daily Mail that the movie will include several racy parts. She acknowledged that she has been with several men and that there will be a scene that will depict how she became pregnant with Kaylee. <gasps> that is just... And then the source close to her that was talking to People Magazine was like, oh, she just knows what people want to see and like she knows what will sell a movie. So she's just trying to draw people in so she can tell her side of the story, but she knows sex sells and that's why she's putting all these sex scenes in it. And I was like, what? the fuck are you talking no, she just about? seems fucking narcissistic and power hungry to be like oh watch right. it all watch it's like it all. far away enough now where she's like i can't get in trouble for it but like now i'm gonna but also like let me like that's the worst if if any part of that movie was to be like oh honoring the baby that you absolutely probably killed yeah or that somehow died in your under your watch and you won't say how or whatever yeah let me show this like very erotic scene of the conception of that baby like, isn't that horrifying that is just she's like it's necessary to tell my story i'm like no it's not it hasn't been necessary so far you could start the show by being pregnant right none of us having a baby none of us asked how the fuck you got pregnant right we all know that part we, we assume don't need... it happened the way everyone else gets pregnant sure anyway exactly so um that is our new project as of literally this week oh well good luck so good luck with that um, if she were still alive, Kaylee Anthony would be turning 14 years old this summer. Mm. As a result of the crime, a law in Florida was enacted called Kaylee's Law, which ensures that anyone guilty of neglect who doesn't report their child as missing faces felony charges. Wow. Which comes with a conviction of up to two decades. Ooh. And that is the story of Casey Anthony and the murder of Kaylee. Wow. Oh. That's pretty heavy stuff, man. Isn't that messed up? I'm glad I now know it, though. I know, me too. I felt kind of, like, out of the loop. I've definitely been out of the loop for over 10 years. Yeah. But I'm glad that I'm in it now. Yeah. It's a trip, especially if this movie comes out. Oh, oh yeah. This is, If anything, like, we're actually just going through the second wave <laughs> right, of it. We're refreshing our memories. <laughs> Although, without anyone knowing that a movie's coming out, I could just walk over to anyone right now and be like, oh, I finally figured out, like, all that stuff about Casey Anthony. Wow, she's guilty, huh? And everyone would be like, that was 10. Ago. everyone would be like what the fuck is the matter with we you we already talked about this everyone in la would be like you have a podcast don't you right <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't be wrong right all right well that was a good story Woo! that was a long one it, that was one of my most involved ones in the last couple months oh, yeah i can imagine you uh, ripping your hair out to that one i've had a lot of weird dreams let's put it that way Ooh. anyway guys thank you for listening if you would like to follow us on the interwebs Yes, you know, the great World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. If you want to do some cyber surfing. Um, <laughs> I sure do. You can find us on that'swhereyoudrink.com. You can also find our social medias at ATWWD Podcast. Um, you can also find our email at and that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can submit your personal true crime and paranormal stories. And they're in the running for uh, next month's listeners episode. We put one out on the first of every month. Woohoo! Uh, what else? Um, you can buy our merch. We got merch. We Somewhere got... on the internet. Go to our website, and that's com. All the information is there. <laughs> yes. And please go buy tickets and oh, sell yeah. out our last four shows. We would love that. Um, otherwise, you're not going to see us probably until, like... For like, another... Like, at, at least know. another, like, six or seven months, yeah. eight months. A while. A while. A while. A while, if you will. Definitely not until, uh, over... After winter, if you will. That's right. After the holidays. After the holidays. 
the holidays. Anyway. All right. We'll leave you be now, guys. And that's why we drink. <laughs>